Sunset hypotenuses and and wow. Hypotenuse. <laughs> Hey, 2018, we got a little microphone upgrade, bling, 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 sponsorship dollars is sky high, so in the upcoming show, you'll notice a little more bass in my voice, which is nice, because the critique we've gotten from our listeners thus far has been concerning my squirrely little raspy Girl Scout voice, uh, it's kind of funny actually, the only voice acting gig I've been paid for, I think, thus far was uh, playing a 12-year-old boy, and that was in 2017. Okay, moving along. Q's pet peeve of the week. When you offer someone a seat and they say, No thanks, I've been sitting all day. If that grinds your gears, let us know it at snugglydragon at gmail.com. No ads at the top of the show. We're hitting those mid-session when Ragai takes a quick little squirt. Speaking of, my guest and co-host for the summer? Probably Ryan Francis Gardner. No, it's definitely Ryan Francis Gardner, who is probably my favorite person in the world. If I had to pick only one other person in the whole world who gets to live in an apocalypse scenario, nope, it would probably be Ariana Grande, because then she'd have no choice but to return my calls. But... If there were two spots left, it'd be AG and this guy coming up. Enjoy, folks. Thanks for listening. Ugly Dragon Podcast. Ooh, got a nice, steamy, warm cup of joe sitting across from a smiling... Aryan-looking guy who's pretty far from his microphone, Mr. Ryan Gardner. What's going on, brother? Ryan, welcome to the show. Uh, first question, why do bad things happen to good people? I have no idea. Yeah, no, that's, that's a tough one. We'll, <laughs> we'll, think about that we'll one. circle back to that one. What I did want to ask you about is uh, we got a nice cup of... Uh, shout out to Harvest Moon, but we're drinking Ecuadorian Whoops. Volcano Cloud Forest Roast Beans. All of that? Sands the volcano. Minus volcano. <laughs> There's no volcano. No volcanic activity involved here, folks. This is 100% safe. Mm-hmm. Um, this is grown in the in the cloud forests of Ecuador. Allegedly, it sounds like the forest yeah. moon of Endor. Yeah. Um, okay. Can we can we kind of dive into that soil? Sure. You uh, you bought some coffee in the the center of the globe. Ecuador. Some coffee in Quito, Ecuador. Okay. Mm-hmm. What on earth were you doing in Ecuador, bud? Did you take a wrong turn? Traveling the globe, man. Okay. Really wanted to see South America. I <clears throat> I have a job that allows me to kind of travel wherever I want. Teaching English to teaching young Chinese Eng- kids. Teaching English online um, for a Chinese company, an mm-hmm. online company. Based out of Prague. No, no. So Prague had nothing to do with... No, it had nothing to do with it. It's a, it's huh. a Chinese company. Um, I guess it's headquartered in Beijing or somewhere in China. Well, then how'd you get... Because didn't you start that job when you were in Prague? I started it in Prague, but it's an online company. So it doesn't really matter where I was. Well, why did... Be, why did I start it in Prague? Yeah, I guess you got your license and then... 
So I was, <clears throat> I got certified to teach English abroad. I got my TEFL certificate, which is teaching English as a foreign language in Prague. Okay. And then I was working for a language school. Once you hit school. the job mark. Okay, okay. I was working, teaching in a corporate, uh, corporate office in Prague as an English teacher. So I traveled to some office every day to teach these, these office workers um, English. And then that turned out to be bit sketchy after a bit. They tried not to pass. It's a long story. I'm not going to get into it. Oh. Um, they almost got sued. And then somebody, because Prague is a hub for a lot of different, mostly American, but international English teachers. Expats. Or expats, if you will. Um, there's just a lot of sort of different jobs that are being talked about. Um mm-hmm. A lot of different tips on how to continue your travels while making money, and so I found out about this this job that is would allow me to teach English online mm-hmm. and from wherever I want and make money. So I <clears throat> looked into it. Not a bad gig, and I'm I've been doing that ever since. Is it we- the time difference? Does that you have to wake up super oh, early yeah. to get to yeah. them? So I have to teach to Beijing time. So that's I think that's eleven. 11 or 12 hours mm-hmm. difference. Um, so if I want to teach Eastern time, I would have to wake up at like 4 in the morning, <laughs> generally. And you've been doing that? Yeah, I've been doing that. Speaking of, of yeah. coffee. Yeah. The, uh... So I would work, it's actually not so bad because I would work, like let's say like 4.30 to 10 a.m. And then just go back to sleep, sleep for like two hours, three hours wake up and I have the rest of my day to kind of just do whatever I want. I guess you get used to, ha- like my mom always says, you get used to hanging if you hang long enough. You can kind of adapt <laughs> to any situation. Yeah. But uh, that just doesn't sound particularly restful, I it's guess. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Um, no. I, I mean, when everybody you know is on a different schedule than you, Yeah. just in general, it's it's, it's kind of tough. And I was trying to get myself in the schedule of going to bed at like 8 or 9 p.m. to get a full night's sleep mm-hmm. and then wake up at like 4 and start working at 4.30. And it's just really not fun and not easy to do. <laughs> um, Maybe not from yeah. the Eastern time zone, but it yeah. does afford you the opportunity to you know, zip around. I guess exactly. most of the South America times are pretty similar to the North America times, right? Yeah, yeah. Do they call yeah, pretty it? pretty much the same. Sorry? Do they call it Central Time? Like, for example, we have Central Time, Eastern Time in North America. Do they call it that same? Is the time zone? Yeah. Just translated into Spanish? Centralo or something? That's a good question. I mean, I, I assume that it's like an international kind of... Everybody's using the same nomenclature. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not really sure. I don't remember encountering... That particular piece the, of trivia? The names of... Of uh, time zones. Fair. Aren't are they like? I don't think they're like nice and longitudinal. It's longitude left to right or up and down. Up and down, like long. I mean, it could be long the other way, but yeah, yeah, sure. I guess latitude, La- like lateral, is side right. to side. Okay, so the longitudinal yeah. ones go north south. I don't think the the time zones are nice and like, like straight liney. Don't matching I? up to. North and South America, you mean, or what? I mean, just in the whole world, the the delineation of time zones, yeah. you would think would be a nice, like if you put a, 
uh, a pineapple in the slicer. It's like all even, kind uh-huh. of slipping down on the <laughs> side. But I think aren't they like kind of wavy? And then somewhere in the Pacific Ocean, it's right. like super weird with the international daylight. Oh yeah, kind of like janky. cuts off a little bit. Time is such an know. illusion. Let's, let's look that up. It's bizarre. It um, but the cool thing about the equator is that it's or Ecuador is on the equator. Mm-hmm. Did we ever decide <laughs> if that means it has the exact same time of sunlight and darkness every day? It's like twelve and twelve. Because it's directly in the middle of the tilt of the Earth with regards towards the sun. And no, when it I, rotates, it doesn't... I don't think that's the case. I'm not 100%, 100% sure, but I just think... at I think at the equator, that's the spot where the sun gets the closest to the Earth. So, so maybe there's still a little variation, but, but it's the least amount. Least amount Because of. the more north you go, the more wackadoo the difference between day and night gets on the extremes. Oh, I see. Right? Like, so in winter, Alaska yeah. has, it's like the sun never comes, it comes up for like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. And then in summer, it sets for an hour or two. And the more south you get, and that's why seasons are a little, like, crazier and more seasonal as you get north. Like, New Orleans, for example, we don't have particularly strong autumnal swag or -hmm. spring we kind of have like a kind of a long summer and a long winter but like everywhere else you get like a nice quarterly divide um so i wanted to say that on the equator it's like directly half and half but half and half of winter and yeah winter summer but but they don't really have a winter down there because it's it's like one of the hottest places on earth right so it's, it's Any more, meteorologists it's out there, email that snugglydragon at gmail.com. Give us some wisdom. Yeah. Clearly, I don't know that we much don't know about anything. it, but I think it's You're just, just more poser, about dude. it's just more about the sun being closer to the Earth than other parts of the world. True, for the most amount of time, because if the world is round and the equator is right in the middle, that means it's right here. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm there. Anyway. Which made it a very sacred spot for, I guess, ancient, ancient folk, Is ancient that Indians, so? because I think a lot of them were, I guess we call them pagans now, but they worship the natural world, and so if they're worshiping the sun, people don't call people pagans anymore, do they? Well, I think the Catholics. Look at do. those pagans. <laughs> I'm sure the Catholics call call people pagans. Sorry, I interrupted. No hate on the Catholics, um, <clears throat> but so I think a lot of those folks were worshiping the sun and if you're in it and somehow they were able to like mathematically deduce that the sun is directly above them and at the closest spot i don't know how they figured Dude. that out yeah that's some psychedelic shit ancient bros f- figured out that we weren't the center of the universe based on like math and like sunset hypotenuses and and wow hypotenuse hi hypoten- They is is isn't Ecuador where they have that like stone structure that has it's a bunch of concentric circles kind of in a row and at one point in time on one day out of the year the sun shines perfectly Mm. yoink through all of them. I that was built like 
Wow. Billions of years I ago. I don't know. Like I don't, I've never heard of that. Oh, I need to look it up. I don't know what it's called. It sounds, um, it sounds like something that <laughs> exists somewhere. Maybe I made... No, I definitely didn't make it up. Um, I mean, I know they have lots of things with that same idea, like at Machu Picchu and a lot of other places. Um, they have... I mean, they built... They built a lot of the buildings and windows to line up perfectly with the sun. I mean, I guess that's a common and they kind of idea exact in architecture. North, south, right? But they, they built this one window because they have a, a little a little place at Machu Picchu called the Sun Palace or the, the Sun Whoa. Temple, I think is what it's called. And so every, I think it's every summer solstice. Whichever day is the the longest day of the year is summer solstice, right? Correct. Or maybe okay, I'm thinking of the first in the northern hemisphere. At at some point, they built a window in the sun palace so that I think the first mm, it's like the first light of after winter from the sun would shine directly into this window. It's like one day out of the year. Just angled exactly. Yeah. So like they would know exactly when spring or, or or winter was over or something like that. But it would only happen one day a year. And this is considerably before Instagram, right? <laughs> like this is before Europe even settled. Definitely. This is in like um I think in like I'm the sure. thousands. I'm not exactly sure when Machu Picchu was around, but I think it was a lot a lot uh more recent than, than people think. We need a stats guy. Like yeah, normally we, we have we're like just a kinda guy. throwing out yeah. a lot of Pure science. Theoretical stuff. I'm getting, for my little concentric circles thing, I I can't, like, both talk and research, but I'm just getting a bunch of Stonehenge things. Do you know what the deal is with Stonehenge? I don't. Because if you don't, let's not talk. I don't know. Let's stop speculating on things we don't know about. Opening up boxes. But what, um, what's up with Machu Picchu? What, why is that What is up with Machu Picchu? Everything I, I is think up. They don't really know exactly. I heard a couple different theories. Well, explain what it is first. Um, it's just this abandoned city deep in the mountains of the Andes. Um, and it's kind of... In Peru? In Peru. Okay. Um, it's about... I mean, it's it. most people come from Cusco, Peru, to, to see it. Mm-hmm. And you can take... You can do a few hikes. I did a five-day hike from... I mean, it's not exactly from Cusco. They drive you, like, a couple hours from Cusco to a, to the start of the trail, the trailhead. And then you walk five days. What do you mean five days? Like, where did you sleep at night? So there, I mean, if you go to Cusco, Cusco is essentially a tourist city at this point. Like, it's a beautiful old Spanish architecture. It's the Machu Picchu destination. Yeah, I mean, it's just... it's It now exists kind of, like, solely for tourists. Yeah, Machu Picchu tours... Rainbow Mountain Tours, all these different activities and treks you can do. So there are all these companies that exist and they survive just on trail, like, you know, business for trails to, um, mm-hmm. to Machu Picchu. So I think they've made so much money and they have so much consistency with clients that they now just have permanent camps that they use. Oh, so like the first night we just slept at this, in these kind of huts. It was actually really cool. These huts right under the Salcante Mountain, They're like pretty bare bones, but like you kind of—it's kind of like a, a platform tent. Like you walk up a few steps, like three steps, and you're on this kind of elevated 
platform with this hut above you? Just two by fours and canvas roof? Um, pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Twigs and, and straw everywhere? Um, like? yeah, yeah, I mean, it's pretty decently insulated, it gets really cold at night. So that was the first night, and then the next few nights we stop at, um, these campsites that are just, I mean, they're essentially hostels, but without... Okay, so they've rooms. got kind they have of little like tents. A, yeah, it's all set up. You don't have a machete. You're not no, slicing no. through. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, but um, it's still badass though. It's yeah. It's I mean, it, it's pretty like cushy. The only hard part that you're doing is just walking. So it's really not. It's cool that you're doing it for an extended amount of time, but like it's not. You have a guide. Mm-hmm. You have campsites, and you have all your food provided. So it's kind of like. Bare necessities, the, the but you're still a badass. Didn't you Thank say you. some dude shattered his tailbone? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so on this trail, we're going through pretty high mountain passes. Um, and this is... Like the Rainbow oh, so Valley or like, mountain, whatever? This gets up to about 5,000 meters, which I think is around like... I want to say 15,000, 16,000 feet. 1,500, uh, right? Um, 500 meters five, is about 5, 500. meters. 5,000 meters yeah. is like 5,000 yards. So, yeah, it's north of of 15,000 yeah. feet. Yeah. So, Jeez Louise. Yeah, anyway, so at that altitude, people get really sick and mm-hmm. they get altitude sickness. So, like, I mean, altitude sickness is it's a weird thing. Like, you, can, you get really fatigued. You're really tired. You could have... Fevers, you could, I think your digestion slows down, so you could have like weird digestive issues, diarrhea, that kind of stuff. So just like a complete kind of, so you know, body fuck. <laughs> is there less gravity the higher up you go? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Take that, not to interrupt, um, sorry, but take that, multiply it by a, a, a million, right? Like, you're super far. You're out of the Earth's yeah. atmosphere. Your gravitational pull is not zero, but it's way less because the gravity equation has to do with distance between the centers of the two masses. So I want to say you have a, a slightly less gravitational pull the higher up you are. Anyway. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, anyway, so we're real high up. So we have, <laughs> we have lots, of, uh, lots of hikers. So we're like in a kind of a group hiking. And then there are lots of other groups around us. And if you get altitude sickness when you're hiking, you can take a mule or a horse. Um, I think you have to pay a bit more. So anyway, you'll so have we're those like, trailing your your yeah, group, yeah. just in case, mm-hmm. and carrying the shit. Yeah, and um, so we're taking a rest pretty high up at one point on this narrow little mountain pass, right on a pretty sizable cliff. Just like resting, you know, just like taking a break. And um, a group of people on mules goes by us. And this is like, I want to say like no more than maybe four or five feet, the path. in, in Wide. And, and you got... And it just drops off. On either the, side? No, just on one side. To the left is just goes up to More the mountain. mountain. To the right is a cliff. Oof. Um, and then, so this horse kind of steps off the cliff with one of his hooves and almost so let's say feet <laughs> one of horse, his horse sneakers. don't have feet <laughs> um, horse have feet horse have they have hooves 
Uh, I mean, they, I mean, <laughs> they have legs, but they don't have. I I see. Okay, I see what's going. going. <laughs> um. Anyway, so like, I guess that kind of freaked the horse out. So to recover, he like bucked up and tossed this dude that was on his back off of him, who's already having a rough who's go. Already real, yeah, clearly in the throes of some pretty bad altitude sickness. The guy clearly almost gets tossed off of the mountain because he gets tossed off this horse. So he missed, narrowly missed death, but instead the horse tossed him onto this rock. And after, I remember looking at the path after, there's one rock just in the middle of this path. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of big rocks. He somehow lands ass first. Prison style. <laughs> on this on this fucking rock. And I, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but I'm pretty certain that He's he dead. shattered... <laughs> He like shattered his tailbone because he was just screaming in the worst agony you could imagine for like minutes, and we're all just kind of sitting there like, "Oh my god, what do we do? Is there a doctor?" Days away from yeah, we're like two days into the trail. Um, We've just been walking for like a collective fourteen hours, maybe (laughs) like from from the trailhead, not even from any big city. So, and this guy's high up in the mountains with a shattered tailbone. Um, Mondays, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and our, like, tour guide was just kind of like, all right, let's go. Just kind of hurried us past. He's like, yeah, there's really nothing we can do for him. And so his tour guide, because he was in a different group, just kind of hung back oh, with him. Okay. And we have no idea what happened to the guy. <laughs> yeah, so that was... Do you know the gentleman's name? Watch. Or, you know, he was in a different no, I have group. no idea. I think he was a French guy. I heard him like muttering in French expletives. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I guess you gotta be careful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you and that's signed. Like, I mean, would this kind of shit fly in North? In, no. In North America, like lawsuit wise and danger and insurance wise. I would say most companies that that lead trails anywhere are probably having you sign some sort of. Did you not sign form. on? Oh, I saw, yeah, yeah. Okay, I signed, yeah. Yeah, just like I don't think you can horse sue. mountain <laughs> tax, you know. Anyway, yeah. We're all anyway, so that was that was interesting to see. So get us to Machu Picchu, like yeah. five days, boom. It's just like because I've seen Mayan ruins, I guess, in Tulum, where it's just mm-hmm. a bunch of concrete structures, kind of neatly organized. It's like all right, obviously people used to live here. Yeah, but this is just a really insular, like. Little groovy spot in the mountains far away. Is there like just gotta yeah. be a stream or something nearby or no water source? Yeah, I mean well there are rivers all around Whoa. at the base, but but Machu Picchu was on the top of a mountain. Whoa. Yeah. So you're I mean you're in these you're walking through mountains the whole time. So you're already pretty high up and then you get to this city the day before called Aguas Calientes. So you're right next to, like... Hot water? Yeah. Precisely. Very good. I mean, so you're right next to, you know, a, a decently... I mean, it's a small city, but it's it's not nothing. Mm-hmm. You're not, like, in the middle of nowhere. And, um, and then you wake up super early and you climb up Machu Picchu Mountain. And then... What does Machu Picchu mean? Machu Picchu, I think, means, like, the, the lost city. That we can look up. Like the hidden city. 
so I think they don't, they still don't really know what it actually used to be called. It means Machu Picchu, according to Google Translate. <laughs> Thank you, one of our sponsors of the show. <laughs> Google Translate. Anyway, so it's just the the ruined site is located on the top of a mountain, um, and it's kind of surrounded, like it kind of drops down all around. So you have a 360 view all around this mountain. So I think it was built at that site like for security reasons because you could have a 360 degree view of huh. many invaders potentially. Sketchy. I'm getting the little and they, Wikipedia swag. Um, yeah, go ahead. Mistakenly referred to as the lost city of the Incas. And this is according to Wikipedia. A title more accurately applied to Vilcabamba. It's the most familiar icon of Inca civilization. Built the estate around 1450. Abandoned it a century later at the time of the Spanish conquest. So, how on earth do you do you erect such a such a complicated architectural dealio? That long ago, I just don't know. On the top of a mountain. On top of a goddamn. <laughs> wow. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's and insane. It's it's just wacky. Um, yeah. You any you said people are there every single day, right? Like it's dude. The oh whole my, mountain. It's, is, it's insane. It's kind of gross in a lot of ways. Slutty. I mean, a little whorish. Very much so. Um, thousands of people daily. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so like, I mean, what is it about that play? I mean, is it just tourism, romanticism, glorified, or is yeah. there some kind of essence? I mean, is there a pressure differential in the fabric of existence that draws? I mean, that's like a mecca, right? Like, if thousands of people are doing yeah. something every day, it's pretty significant, pretty important, right? What yeah. would you say is is it just like the shadows of our past? What could have been like? <laughs> Um, I, I think it could be a lot of things. I think it could be... Also, I think one reason there's so many people is it's it's relatively new. I think they... Newly discovered. They opened it up. Not... I think it was discovered in, I want to say like the 1800s or something, which is not terribly old, but I think it was... It was refurbished for, for like decades and it was not opened. That's like a funny skit kind of like reno- it was renovated. Yeah. <laughs> like they brought in new Well it was like IKEA furniture <laughs> and stuff for the for the Incas. <laughs> yeah. But like I don't think it was open to the public until like I wanna say like the eighties. Well yeah, because you could look that up. If you- think about the technology that it takes to get five days away from the closest major city, like, that's not accessible to most right. people. Right, and if you also find a city in the mountains that nobody has seen or lived in for, what, hundreds, thousands of years? I, I'm not exactly thousands. sure. Thousands. Yeah, then it's going to be in disarray. I'm sure it's going to be covered by dense vegetation that you need to clear out. Um, without... Just boring our listeners with silence too much of my reading. I'm seeing dates like 1909 might have been the first American expedition. Mm. Um, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm seeing, yeah, again, we, our stats guy, Mr. Sean Marshall, is, he took his, all his vacation days this month and he's traveling through Southeast Asia. 
So, uh, unfortunately, folks, we are kind of just scratching the surface of a lot of really interesting topics here. But any, any, why do you think it's so popular of a tourist attraction? Okay, so I think it's a combination of things. I think one, it's, it's been open only for a little bit of time. So, like, you have all these other wonders of the world that have been around for... Is it a wonder of the world? I think so. I think it is, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, that have been open to the public for 100-plus years. And this is, like, what, only, like, 40 or something? True. So I think maybe it still has some of that momentum. I think... I'm sure it's just, like, some really good marketing by the country of Peru or whoever's behind that. Um, and it's just, like gorgeous sight mm-hmm. i mean you're high up in the mountains in this kind of isolated area i mean it's just absolutely amazingly beautiful mm-hmm. but it's kind of hard to get that sense with thousands of people there and so we, we we had heard this we being me and some people that were uh hiking um in my hiking group and so we decided like we wouldn't be the first ones there so we woke up at like 3 a.m and so there are all these different checkpoints that you have to get to before you before you um, are able to actually get to Machu Picchu. But somehow we were able to get to the top of the mountain and we were we were the first people there that morning. So we like got up at like or we were there at like I don't know, six o'clock or something. And um, before the sun before the sun rose. So we're just kinda there in like the kind of misty mysterious air nobody's there and it was really amazing pretty powerful stuff but then maybe an hour later all the thousands come of people <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean just oh man everybody and you have i think most of the people that are coming are taking buses taking trains oh, so they just get literally so just is... pooped out right at the gate yeah and it's kind of oh. Okay. And you're hiking for five days, and then you see these like fat tourists roll up. Okay, I didn't realize it and was you're accessible like, like oh, that, but that makes yeah, sense. Because, yeah, they had to bring in a bunch of stuff, so they made yeah. roads and whatnot. And you wanted to do the hike, not the drive, just because... I mean, I'd heard, I heard the hike was amazing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that expensive. It was like 180 bucks for five days. Everything Imagine paying included. 180 bucks to walk through the mountains for five days. It just seems kind of funny. It but is like, funny. To have but a tour guide. you get three meals a day. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. A tour guide. Lodging. Um, yeah. Wow. Is, but, it, but, is it a source of... Sorry? Go ahead. Is it a source of kind of pride for the Peruvians? And like, I mean, do they kind of harken back to their original roots? Because like we were talking about yesterday... Western Europe just kind of threw its schlong into the rest of the the world and Mm -hmm. just kind of invaded and murdered a bunch of civilizations and claimed it for their own because of manifest destiny and all that garbage. But like, (laughs) it's it's not like a religious spiritual destination, kind of like how some places might be. Like, oh, this is where my roots are from. There's not like a heavy Incan presence and pride in the. Maybe at one point, but I don't I don't see it at all. Now it seems like. Just kind of a gold mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't see anybody going there to pray, if that's what you're saying. It's just fat to, to actually get there as a religious destination. I don't think I so. I mean, should I go maybe. see it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's for like, sure. It's one of those. Yeah. 
All right. For sure. Sold. Um, your dad had a cool remark how, like, you were at Machu Picchu while I was at the Great Barrier Reef Ooh. the same day. It's mm. like, that's Was it the neat. same day? Yeah. Fuck. Pretty neat. Wow. Um, that's fun. I wanted to, because you seem to be a classic <laughs> Yankee with your Joe swag, your coffee swag. I kind of wanted to get into your... Like what? What you like about it? What? How it helps you out? And saunas and stuff. Kind of like your oh, wow. little like nutritional daily routine kind of swag. Any any breakthroughs in that recently? No real breakthroughs. I haven't really been been on my health swag of late because I've been just traveling the last four months. So you don't really you don't get that <laughs> in luxury. such a yeah. yeah. You don't really have a daily routine when you are in a different. <laughs> City every couple days. Right, but the the bare essentials <clears throat> that you do practice are, have to still be there, right? Um, they should be. <laughs> they don't. They're not always there. Yeah. But wait, are you asking me? Tell me, like coffee. Like, what does coffee do, <laughs> do for you? Because I'm I'm not really a coffee guy. Yeah. So, I guess I'm just a drug addict. <laughs> when it when it comes down, like I could give you some bullshit answer, like. Well, don't do no, that. It's a ritual. Like I think a lot of people like to say, "Oh, I just I really like the ritual of it." Yeah. Wake up. You sound like your sister. Perform. You know, you pour pour the water, and it's like I don't think people are. I don't think it's that special of a ritual. You're boiling water, and you're like, you know, spoon yeah, spooning coffee You're not going out into the garden into, and grabbing beans, yeah, right? It you're doesn't like, really seem like a ritual to me. I mean. I mean, anything you do over and over kind of becomes like, yeah. oh, this is important. But in the sense of, like, some sacred ritual, I'm, I'm not buying that excuse. Yeah. I think I think it's just like a drug that, that feels good. So are you – so because, yeah, people who have been smoking cigarettes for a long time, yeah. we kind of always make the analogy that they used to be at zero and they get to plus one yeah. with a cigarette and you kind of get that cool buzz and whatever. Mm-hmm. But then eventually – you're starting at negative one, and you're just getting back right. to zero with the cigarette. Yeah. So is that kind of the same? Yeah, I think you're. I think that's kind of how I feel, man. Because I'll wake huh. up in the morning. But coffee's good for you, right? I don't know, man. I think there are a few different camps. I think some people think, or their theories, coffee's really good for you. It has antioxidants, and that's antioxidants. Why, that's, that's fucking buzzword yeah. of the decade, of right? The oh, blueberries. Oh yeah, antioxidants. So yeah. uh, it's, it's healthy for antioxidants. Antioxidants. I mean, <sighs> what does that even mean? I don't know. Man. I'm an antioxidant. <laughs> <laughs> like, isn't oxygen good? Yes. Yeah, some people say that that's the reason we die right. is because of the caustic. Uh, kind of meanness of oxygen. It's actually super volatile, explosive chemical. It's like kind of a slut. It's got four electrons, I want to say, in its outer shell, which Ooh. makes it the most wanting to bond with other Ooh. with other elements. So, so it's like reactive so and, and it's kind a of slutty element. And like you just pump in oxygen somewhere when you want to blow stuff up, and it's like and also, you give oxygen to fire when you want it to get bigger. Right? If something gets oxidized, it's rusting. It yeah. It's- so it's just kind of a it's a bit of a, a son of a gun. Bit of a doozy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we need it, but it kills us. It's yeah. kind of a nice metaphor for, for life. We need to... Oh, the duality of mm. existence. Indeed. Which we will get into. Oh, will we? <laughs> Do you feel that 
I, one of my shticks these days, like you could probably tell whenever I'm like about to try and say something fun, because my voice will get a little more like this. Oh yeah, it's like a little more breathy and well. And what do you think that is? Are you like, are you imitating some theatrical I kind think of way of speaking? What one of that? my favorite new characters to play is that of like the old wise man who oh, says yeah. cliches that are <laughs> strangely just super wise that's it and um oh man last time i last time i was i was not doing mushrooms uh i just kind of brought on that role and the only thing i would say is like parable teaching adages and that kind of stuff so it's it's just become something that makes me laugh which i guess is if you're trying to make other people laugh you got to make yourself laugh with it first and i guess that kind of just always hits yeah so like being deeply philosophical in like normal conversations (laughs) just really cracks me up so that's anyway that's hilarious antioxidants coffee like do you Ah, do you mm. do it to be alert and kick ass or are you kind of just doing it out of habit now i both i guess i think now i do it out of a habit you still get that buzz you still get that high oh yeah i think the first cup of coffee of the day is is like an amazing feeling huh yeah yeah and even even after drinking it for a few years now pretty regularly the first cup is still like really nice. It's like that first smack of first heroin. Yeah, first hit. A new uh, but, um, one of my co my nutritional coaches, uh, Don Balsh, real wise guy. He I was talking to him the other night, and I just realized how much of my swag comes from him. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting what did, like how what much I he, learned from him. each summer. He, he teaches you. me a bunch of stuff. So the the most recent thing I learned from him to throw another tractor into the nutrition equation um tractor <laughs> why are we doing that let's not go down that road um he's talking about how your body spikes insulin as soon as you wake up mm. so it's actually not the play to eat right away although some camps would tell you oh you want to get your metabolism cracking go right away so again i always come back to the nutritional angst because it's like ugh, what is correct Call comes down to personal experimentation, but so a new lens I've heard on the situation is from him. Uh, he'll wake up, not eat for about two or three hours after that because you kind of have this insulin spike. Right? Uh-huh. And if you eat, then you get another insulin spike. So you're kind of you're already high up blood okay. sugar wise, and then you're you're going even higher up, whatever. Um, and he does kind of coffee and fluids for the first two hours, and then gets his first meal. That's kind of exactly what I do. That's the plan, <clears throat> but. It's not really based on any science. I just, when I wake up, I'm not hungry. Mm-hmm. And if I instead just drink coffee and drink water, I just feel better. I feel sharper. I feel... That's I think, proofs in the pudding. Yeah, I mean, if I wake up, on days where I wake up and eat right away, then I'm just digesting. And I feel like I feel all the blood kind of rush to my stomach mm-hmm. and out of my brain. And I don't feel really sharp. And I feel like in the morning, you want to be sharp. You... It's a time where you're fresh, you want to get things done, you want to be productive. So I feel more sharp when I wake up, just maybe have like two glasses of water, then have a cup or two of Joe (laughs) coffee, and then just kind of like get things done, and then maybe exercise Hmm. while I'm still in a fasted state, while I'm still, my stomach's still empty, and then eat after or maybe just wait a few hours after i work out to just kind of like 
man, I don't know. I heard this podcast a couple years ago where if you work out, so first, if you work out on a fasted, in a fasted state, you have this bigger release of, I think, HGH and testosterone. So you literally just, I mean, which is, if you're lifting weights, you're going to want that response anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just going to help you build build more muscle, make you feel better. Um, And all the, I mean, both of those hormones are just good for men to have in high high amounts i think and then and then if you don't eat right after you work out you have an extended release of of those chemicals i think this could be completely horseshit it's i'm so not frustrating at all it's so frustrating but it's like, just i just like i know a guy who would say you want you want fuel to burn yeah. you want your metabolism cooking mm-hmm. so it's like i swear to god the nutritional thing that makes me so it's, angry there's so many different ways to do it, but I think... And then you want to say you want to load up protein right after yeah. you lift because that's going to... It's like, but, what? But I've heard that if you immediately eat after you exercise, after you work out, then you're blunting this hormonal response that could be like releasing all these good chemicals, all these good hormones after you've exercised. So you're like, you kind of want to let that prolong. Push that straight. But I think there are also benefits to eat. Or to eating right after you work out. I, I don't know. There, there's down, many, man. Just just do what feels good. And Boom. I'm doing or I do that from time to time because it feels good. And also like again I just feel sharper when I don't have food in my stomach to digest. So that like, makes sense. You're you're if you have food in the furnace then that's drawn blood. Yeah. So that means the blood is not being drawn elsewhere like maybe your brain right. does your brain eat blood yeah oh yeah so like yeah i mean it's just spreading a little bit more thinly your body's resources right still trying to figure it all out man it's, and it's also maybe this is like a, a weird masochistic kind of thing but some days i'll just you know wake up be productive exercise and then do a bunch of stuff and not eat until like dinner time and it's almost like this weird kind of like cool feeling of like, all right, I didn't eat until I earned it. And it kind of that that meal is 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 more special. It tastes better. If you just wake up and you just shove food in your mouth, it's like what I feel like you're not really your body doesn't really need it at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, like um, Don said, like there's an insulin spike. Hunger is the best sauce. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think that's more of preferential stuff rather than I think it comes down to you got to figure out what works for you. You're not going to read on Pinterest yesterday's article and change your life and that's oh that you know what this guy figured out. No way. It takes yeah. years of experimentation yeah. and personal research to stay hydrated. That's the mo- most obvious show. Sure. 3 exercise Make sure you're maintaining good, healthy, like, lifestyle choices. You were the one who told me. It's like a lot of nutritional programs start with, okay, how are your relationships? Really? What's your – how's your your sleep? Like, it almost doesn't ever even start with food. It's like – it's a multifaceted approach. Mm-hmm. And kind of a cool rule that I've gotten recently because it's like, okay, what food should you pick? It's like eat what your loving environment gives to you because, I mean, there's all that cool stuff. Like if you eat local honey, it's, you know, it'll help you combat local allergies. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's very important to do things in the context 
that you live in, like your surrounding area, that just makes sense. Like yeah. that nourishes you and you nourish that. It's a symbiotic relationship. And like McDonald's is not a loving entity, right? Like McDonald's is just doing some pretty gross factory farming deals and then trying to make a buck. Yeah. So, but like your mom and her garden, that's probably a good place to start. And, and you know, and it's like maybe your garden is your mom. Mother Earth. Moms are so important. I love yeah. my mom. I love your mom. <laughs> Thanks, I moms. I love my mom, too. Wow. Yeah. Saunas. Saunas? Tell me about them. Yeah, dude. I really you enjoy want, saunas. You're putting one in your house. <laughs> I... In 25 years, right? the record state, I don't have a house and I don't have a in sauna. In the future, you're building one. <laughs> I, w- I would love to have a sauna in my future house. Where does um, sauna factor in to your routine? I, when well, I have ideal, access ideal to routine. it. Yeah, when I was, <clears throat> when I was living in Prague, um, I guess in Europe, these seem to be a lot more, a lot more uh, popular, a lot more common. So the gym that I went to had a sauna, so I would just hit the sauna for 10, 15 minutes after I worked out. Okay. Like five days a week. Wow. Yeah. And it and just... Then, there's just like the a certain... System flush? There's like a certain... I mean, there's a certain deep relaxation that you get that you just... That I've never gotten from anything else. Like hmm. whether that be really, really hard workouts. Um, You know, even like certain <laughs> drugs. I don't know, like... Sauna is the deepest relaxation you can feel. Wow. For me, at least. And sometimes it's it's like too much. Like sometimes I'll like Wait, hit I'm it too relaxed. Too, no, I, no. I got a, a, anxiety. I'll hit it too hard, bit. and uh, me and my old roommate Kevin would call it sauna brain. Like you're just so relaxed, and your brain, like you like can't form just sentences, <laughs> and you're just you feel like your your brain is oozing out of your ears. <laughs> but like your body feels great, and you feel great, but you're just like your brain is not really working anymore. Um. So just it feels really nice. Um, apparently, it it's just like amazing for your entire body. It's amazing heat shock for your proteins heart. Yeah, yeah. Is another buzzword releases heat shock proteins, which which I guess is a good thing. <laughs> I don't really know. I'm sure Jake could elaborate on that. Yeah. But um, Subject. apparently it's really good for I mean circulation. So like when you're in that kind of heat, your your heart and your blood are just pumping, and your your veins are opening up. So I guess your muscles are... Vasodilation. Bing. <laughs> yes! I'm <nailed>. Yes! yes. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, parts of your uh, body are getting blood that normally wouldn't. Like I just saw Rogan's Instagram post yesterday, raving about sauna, and he said it increases skeletal, or circulation to skeletal muscle, which I'm not really sure what that means, but I'm assuming but it sounds it's science. certain muscles that are closer to your bones that, that generally wouldn't get a lot of blood. Skeletal muscles, and I seems and I read somewhere that sauna like decreases your all mortality rate of like by like forty percent. So like you dying of any sort of factor other than old age by like forty percent, and it decreases your um, you dying of of some heart related issue by like eighty percent if you do it like four to five times a week. It's pretty much just. You're going to live forever if you sauna. <laughs> and it releases, if I'm not mistaken, norepinephrine in your brain, which is like a natural kind of focus chemical. 
So if you, let's say you do it for 10 minutes, whatever, you get out, like if an hour or two later, you're going to feel more focused. Your brain's going to be working a bit better. Well, you, also, just said, have, you just said your your brain gets oozy out of your ears. Yeah, so it's I guess you got to hit a certain medium. Mm-hmm. Where if you do it way too much, you're going to get really tired. That's when you got but if you do a little bit when you were for too long. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But if you do a little bit, you're going to feel sharper and your brain's for sure going to be working a bit better. I like how you refer to it as sauna, like if you sauna, that's a verb. I don't know and if you it's said, a verb. And you also use it as a noun. You said, and sauna is good for. Yeah, I don't know if it's a verb, but construction. I, I've been using it as a verb. Also, I'm in no way an expert, and I feel like I'm talking about a lot of things on this on this episode <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> make me sound like an expert. So <laughs> that's a problem, I want the record it? to state that I have. I'm not a scientist in any way. I just enjoy being in a You're hot a box <laughs> called a sauna, and I'm like kind of spitting out a lot of like kind of BS. Love a nice science. hot box. So, you mentioned dying from old age. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting phenomenon because I don't think it act- you actually do die from old age. I think you live until some sort of system in your body fails. But it's not like like you live until you're. Your heart has become so weak that it just has a heart attack and your body can't like, fight it back anymore. You know, it's like yeah, weird. Yeah. The science of death, pretty mm. cool. There, there's just some cool findings and, and research going on. Not everyone is convinced that death, death is an inevitability. Right. So like, I don't know, they're, they're researching that and trying to figure out what this oxygen character's up to. And this character. Who's the guy um, who's really into that? He's like a... Like a pretty well-known scientist, philosopher, and he's just completely convinced that he's going to reverse Whoa. death or something. That'd be weird. What is his name, man? He's He must have been on Sam Harris oh, or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It's going to kill me. Um, but I'm pretty sure this dude, it's it's kind of an interesting story. kind of sounds like a movie. Like his his dad died, like I want to say a few decades ago. And he, I guess he was really affected by it. So some people think that he's driven on this mission to, like... Get his pops back? Like, prove death wrong or, like, reverse death because... Yeah, because of this anguish from from losing his dad. I don't know, man. I don't know if you can escape death. I I mean, that's the guy I want on the front lines Mm -hmm. of death research, for sure. But I wonder if, if the gods don't envy us. Because they are immortal, and we are but finite creatures. Indeed. And I wonder if... Would you pick immortality? immortality? Over mortality? If you were given the apple of immortality. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why it would be an apple. I think it would be a, a mango. The mango of immortality. So the fruit of death is pomegranate in Greek mythology. If I could live forever i don't know man i wonder if the fact that we will demise inevitably doesn't give significance to the moments we have now and you and i have both experienced death pretty viscerally um while we were not doing certain types of drugs (laughs) ego death you know and all that yeah i mean I guess I would want to know what happens when you die before I, before I commit to 
never dying. Mm. But gun to my head right now, ironic. Um, living forever. I wonder if you. No, I. That's a good question, man. Because I feel like I could spend an eternity just up in the mountains, a camp. Just yeah. like looking at this tree in your backyard, like yeah. I could spend all day doing this tree kind of stuff. And if I didn't have to worry about death, then I could kind of get a whole bunch of stuff done. Mm-hmm. Am I right. invincible? Like I can go into battle and I don't. I'm like Achilles. Like, and it's not so much that I get sliced and things bounce off, but I just never get hit. That was the cool thing. He just seemed to like arrows. Like he would always dodge them, and Mm. like, like if you if you landed a punch on him, it would hurt. Right. But no one could ever catch him, right? Um, Or am I just kind of? And do I get to stay young forever? Um, No. So as I'm just trying to make it tougher. (laughs) As I grow older, because I mean, once you're 95, let's say you you hit. 46 years old and then that's just where you stay for forever because <laughs> i have said before you, i want to die whatever age you start to develop a gut oh no that's where you that's so where you, you live forever keep, you don't get to keep like rock hard abs nope <sighs> so that puts a tractor in the question right. doesn't i'm it? just trying to make it tough yeah. you don't even have to um i've always said i want to die when i can no longer catch a football yeah give me some of that peruvian Mountain Joe. Ecuadorian. I know. Same thing. Um, <laughs> Bosque Nublado. Whoa. That's a cloud forest. How do you say cloud? Oh, I was about to say cloud forest. How do you say that? Uh, Bosque Nublado. Nublado. Bosque Nublado. Um, when I can no longer snag a football, like one out of three grabs, just blow me up. <laughs> like, like, just shove a stick of dynamite <laughs> up my ass. My- <laughs> Wait, okay. I'll do that. <laughs> I'm going to gonna write that down so I don't forget. Okay, the guy that we were talking about before who's trying to re- reverse death, Ray Kurzweil. Kurzweil. I don't know if he's trying to reverse death, but but yeah. Anyway, do you have a hunch about how you'll die? You know how certain people oh, yeah. have like, like I'm going to die of a heart attack for sure. Ripping the tail off of a panther. Yeah? At my 108th birthday party. So then I'll have, lived, I'll have lived in three different centuries. Okay. This vicious jungle cat is attacking a young female prodigious singer. Oh. I rip off his tail, protecting her. What is she doing at your birthday party? She's singing. She's the entertainment. Okay. The so it's like an Ariana Grande-esque figure with a bright future, but she's still young and she's still raw. I'm giving her like a big shot. The jungle cat turns around. Double homicide. We, we, it mauls me to death, but I kill it as well during the struggle. <laughs> the woman escapes relatively unscathed, uh-huh. traumatized, certainly. Certainly. But goes on to have a successful music career. So she'll never forget you because of never. the trauma, right? She'll have to love your, me Your forever. ripped 108-year-old body. <laughs> no, I have a gut, right? My, my 46-year-old, 108-years-old body. Um, and I, where where is this? Because they're just panthers like lurking I was around. In Drake's house, but like so Drake. My one hundred eighth birthday party. My I've made it to three centuries, three different centuries. But like this okay. will be the year two thousand one hundred. <laughs> so we're gonna go pretty ham. So like natural as one does at one hundred eight years old. You got to. 
So probably, I don't know, Machu Picchu or some someplace lavish. Okay, yeah, I'm sure they got some panthers lying around. I jest, and I like to color that, because I've actually visited that scenario. All right, what's the coolest way to die? Saving someone's life, especially a young person with a lot of potential for beautiful art. So, mm-hmm. like, that's an obvious... I kind of <laughs> want to die in battle, like yeah. like a warrior, right? Mm-hmm. Like Theoden. You look like, speaking of warrior right now, you look like Tom Cruise ooh, in ha, The Last Samurai, ha, ooh, right this very moment. Ha, ha, he. You got the same hair. Ha, yes. Anyway... Um, but I'll probably die. I don't know. I just, I want to go out while I'm on top. I don't want to, I don't want to fade, you know? Mm-hmm. I wish death were kind of like <clears throat> reversed to where, so, and I guess this gives significance to youth and life in the present moment, but like, how cool would it be if the older you got, the more swagged out and like your kind of puberty accelerated as old and then the moment you die you just explode like a phoenix right like that's and it's like witness me and like it's like the dopest thing right instead of this kind of like hump and then this this like sad awful decline that happens and this kind of humiliating debilitating weakness i wish that weren't the case do you think there's some sort of wisdom that could be attained going through that stage of life of kind of Certainly. you're like wow okay you're losing you're losing your beauty number one you're losing your your kind of attractive quality that for the most part that that draws i mean because generally people like to be around healthy young attractive people i would say Certainly, I so you're losing your health your beauty and with that and your speed. Your kind of your speed, which is very <laughs> important to certain people in this room. Um, there's two people in this room. Um, uh, so your ego is going through a pretty sizable kind of attack. So I wonder if there's a certain kind of wisdom that can be attained when you're like you're at a point where you just like have to kind of give up or accept that your your beauty is no more. And so your ego is like taking a hit and maybe you kind of settle into this nice, like humble, modest stage of where, you know, you're taking care of your loved ones and it's not really about you and, your and children and you're kind of, yeah. And your children, grandchildren, hopefully. And you're just kind of, yeah. I, I, I just wonder if the wise men are all old, right? Precisely. There aren't any 26 year old wise I'm sure they're archetypical figures, right? I'm sure there are a lot of wise 26-year-olds, but I would say like the full palette of life is maybe not tasted without going through uh old age, I would imagine. I mean, it's part of living, is it not? I don't think it would be necessarily as fun <laughs> as being youthful, but maybe there's some kind of bitter wisdom Sweet. That it's just I mean, another dude, part of your life. Grandchildren, you know? yeah, that's gotta be cool. I mean, because you you meet your kids, and I imagine, I mean, like how my mom always says, it's like you just. My mom was so worried having a second child because, because how could she love anything more than my oldest brother, like her firstborn? Wow. She was like nervous, and then Felicity's born, and she loves, and it's like love isn't some sort of zero sum game. It's right. like it just keeps growing and. 
It's the best thing ever. So, meeting your kids, that's got to be sick. Meeting your kids' kids, if you do a good job with those kids, and then they bring in new life. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, my, my brother's child has just revitalized my family, like brought us closer together, wow. given us a centerpiece for just happiness. Like when Veda's around, the room is just youthful and alive. So maybe definitely there's something to that kind of passing of the torch and you know, laying down your your armor and your battle weapons and whatnot and just building something new. Is that a metaphor for your penis? Laying down your, your, battle, your battle pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because that's also something. Think about how much excitement you get from sexual adventure and just, you know, it's, a, it's, it's pretty exciting. Lustful engagement. Uh, probably the most exciting thing when you're our age or, or yeah, younger. Just so vibing you, with someone. And you get to a point where you're like... This isn't happening. Like, that's just not a reality mm-hmm. when you're 85 years old. I wonder... Uh, yeah, your tastes feels. change, right? Your priorities kind of change. I don't know. We got to talk to some old people what it's like to be old. <laughs> hey! <laughs> hey, you, you old hey, tramp! Get over here! Hobble over here! <laughs> What's it like being old? <laughs> you oldie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, come on, we're still trying to figure it out. Youth culture does seem to have exploded recently, and there's mm-hmm. like, well, no, because the fountain of youth and that's kind of <laughs> stuff of yore, but I don't know, I but, guess... No but, no, but you're right, though, because I think there are other cultures and other times where elders were were really... Respected, respected venerated. Uh, sacred, if you will, and like... Really appreciated for the wisdom and the knowledge that they had, and nowadays, just kind of toss them in a home, and we're kind of like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to. You're responsible. Old and ugly and scary. Like, yeah, go deal with yourself. That's Ooh, really sad, man. Like, that's not good. And we're all going to be old, hopefully, God willing. Um, I, I mean, guess. we should rethink that. Unless we that die dynamic. at like, no, I don't want to die in my forties or anything like that. I don't want to. Yeah, you're right. It's like. A shitty part of life, but bittersweet, and there's still wonderful experiences to be gained. And it's like, come on, get over yourself. Being young isn't everything. Right. Being old is sick. It means you got another day on this glorious planet. It means you got your richer in experience. And I wonder if it's there's probably a nice kind of beauty to it because I would imagine, hopefully, your ego is like more in check. Mm-hmm. And so there's like, you probably know what you like. You probably know what makes you happy. Hopefully, if you're lucky, you have a nice partner or you have good relationships so you can spend good time with them. Maybe it's just like a kind of weird, different different flavor. If you're old and have wisdom, email thatsnugglydragon at gmail.com. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Indeed. So, why do bad things happen to good people? Do you believe in good and evil? I'm still trying to parse that one out. Yeah, so it was the whole... I don't know, man. I Congress <sighs> of human society over the over forever. I, 
it's kind of hard to uh, to not believe in it if you know anything about history. <laughs> um, or I, I should rephrase that: it's hard to to not believe in evil when you really. So I can't. About, I'm having trouble figuring out what evil is. I normally kind of just land on ISIS yeah. and someone who mm. who wants suffering for suffering's sake. Right. But like goodness, like. Because, you know, the whole nihilistic argument is like, nothing means anything. There's no meaning in life. So just do whatever you want and we're going to die and that's lame. But how can you say that in the face of an orchestral swell of of beautiful music or like a sunset in New Zealand or <laughs> or being in the throes of infinite passion with an exciting loved one and and like puppies and and laughing laughing so hard that your stomach hurts like i can think of so many reasons yeah. why where it's like you're gonna tell me that's not a yes well yeah and then you get to like isis i guess and yeah like chopping off reporters heads yeah and it's like wait what and the denials to be like well they just grew up thinking that that is right like that is their correct version of navigating through existence but aren't they wrong about it objectively wrong in what sense aren't they incorrect that causing suffering is a way for them to achieve enlightenment in the best way possible isn't there an enlightenment isn't there a best way to organize yourself in the context of society I don't think anybody knows what what the right way to to do that is right it's essentially you're essentially saying isn't it's there a love. right way to to live right and that's what isn't we're all trying to figure but but what is it a positive what the f- does anybody know the right way to live doesn't the dalai lama and like and okay. like the most the, the best person you know don't they have certain tendencies where you're like that is something that's probably the right move i should emulate that yes but i would pose an argument or i'd pose a question to you the dalai lama I think is abstinent. Do you like sexual activity? Do you think that's a part of living healthy and living well? I do. He's not doing any of that. Enough. So, well, the Buddhist thing is to remove all fear and all desire from your life. Yeah. Because, and I was reading this about this in Sapiens, um, which you got it. I have. I'll, I'll let you borrow. Yeah, so please. Good. If you can, kind of delete those then you can be satisfied because there's never enough satisfaction I mean there's never enough satisfaction from desire right it's kind of like a black hole and I kind of personally think that just because we are sexual monkeys there is a lot of utility to be had in just positive sexual encounters so that's kind of something that the Buddhist in me content has contention with um but there's the theory that you just you you get that out of there and then your fear on the other side is like oh no like i can't control everything and like blah blah blah, and and, oh no if you can get rid of that too then you can spend the most amount of moments in nirvana in in that enlightened state in that i mean because isn't heaven and perfection just being 100 percent satisfied with your present scenario um, I would think so, but other people 
like Jordan Peterson, the psychologist, says, you, <laughs> I think he said, like, you can't be happy unless you're striving, unless you're improving and you have a goal that you're going for. But I don't really necessarily believe that. I, I tend to agree more with, I guess you could say, the Buddhist perspective of, like, you you should shoot for complete acceptance and, like, contentment in the present moment like that would that would be my guess of of how to live how to be happiest how to be happiest like yeah but maybe sometimes i think jp is trying to structure society in the best way possible and bless him that's jordan peterson jordan peterson um dr professor jordan b peterson (laughs) my lord and savior um (laughs) and i wonder I think you as a person, what would be best for you, for your personal happiness, mm-hmm. is not what would be best for society as a whole. So, like, if you went into okay. the mountains, deleted all fear and desire, meditated every day, snuggled with bears, yeah. ate what the world gave you, like, that would probably be the dopest way for you to live. But that wouldn't necessarily – everyone can't do that. And we kind of have this problem of, like, yeah. wait a minute, there's seven point two or whatever billion people on this globe yeah maybe we can make something even more beautiful than just one person being happy maybe we can make we can strive towards the net positive for as many people as possible yeah but if you do that because i'm sure you could gear your life towards that kind of goal and that mission you're going to undergo which I i think this is your point you're going to undergo a lot of pain and suffering that you wouldn't go through if you just bounced to the mountains of Nepal and just renounced all earthly things. (laughs) Where does one draw the line between taking care of himself and taking care of his fellow earth? That is the question right there, huh? Right. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I'm a big fan of systems and, and order. So, like, you have this question, oh, my God, what do I do? Pick pick it pick an answer and start with that and then reevaluate in a predetermined amount of time. My thing. The problem is just well, interrupt. Finish, young man. Okay. Before I forget this really cool thought I have. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt your interruption. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I I like using as a reference point Dunbar's number. I think the natural. I think you should study your species and kind of see and you're most closely related. Mm-hmm species and see what they're up to that's probably a good place to start so some schools of thought think that apes you know should only be in groups of about 150 to 200 because if you put chimpanzees or whatever i've said this many times you put our closest evolutionary relatives in bigger and bigger groups once they hit a certain number they'll split into two groups because they'll just be fighting and disharmony and boom, boom, boom. So I kind of like using that as a reference point. So my line between myself and others, I don't think, I don't think I'll have the dopest life and be the most efficacious if I'm trying to save the whole world. I think I gotta start smaller than that. So my line is, I want to be a bit of an overachiever. So I'm not gonna do 200. I'm gonna do like 300. So I kind of my goal is to like make sure I'm nurturing and taking care of and protecting and helping at least 300 people. And then also anyone who ever asks for help. Because it's like, huh, that's pretty kind of a no-brainer. And then the rest of the time, I need to make sure I'm 
because come on, I might only have one go at this. So it's like, right. I want to, I want to make sure I'm getting enough sleep and and getting my exercise and quality food and loving nourishing relationships and that kind of stuff. And that's my current system is is, to, is what I'm shooting for. I think that's a pretty darn good system because I think there's a something I heard to serve you must be fit for service so you can't really help people if you're spread too thin yeah unless you are at your best so I think yeah I think you can't serve what, people best unless you're at your best yeah so I think that's kind of where where you should start for sure mm. yeah but go ahead well, I was going to ask what you were going to say before I interrupted. Uh, <clears throat> I was just going to say, to your point of, you said, I'm a big fan of systems, and I think we should experiment to see if one system works, and then, but <laughs> I think the, the bittersweetness of life is that we don't have that much time. It's like, as soon as we're figuring out, let's say you employ one system of how to live, it's like, it's almost so short. To where if, if once you realize one system is not really working, it's like you don't really have that much time to to slip into another. Like what's let's say you're like at fifty years old and you're like, oh shit, I was living incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, but isn't meaning to be derived in shooting for your your goals? Like not even necessarily the goal. So like if your goal is to live dope, then you're gonna try and live dope, and that's an admirable pursuit. Just in of itself. Sorry. Let me just take a break. Oh yeah, okay. I'll uh, I'll give a shout out to our our sponsors of the show. At this point uh, in the program, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gardner is using the restroom. I personally happen to have a urethra of steel, adamantium, vibranium. Ooh, go see Black Panther if you haven't seen it yet. Also, go see Incredibles two. Holy gosh! But enough of that. First off, I'd like to give a shout-out to Harvest Moon Coffee Roasters. Roasting coffee since 2017. Pretty cool stuff. Great quality product. I'd also like to give a shout-out to my official new vodka of the show, Tito's Vodka. Handcrafted in Austin, Texas. Vodka for dog people. If there's any part of that sentence you don't like, call me up right now, and you'll get a... a Sock to the mouth, young lady. I'm not afraid to hit girls. It's 2018. Equality. Also, Shift Sport and Wellness, my official wellness brand, plus Prime Nutrition and Wellness. And anything else am I forgetting? What's your favorite company in the whole world? Three, my favorite two, company? One. Horn Abbott. Producers of Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> Favorite company in the entire world. <laughs> or I want to get back to Lord of the Rings. Royal Canaan, um, makers of high-quality cat food. <laughs> anyway, What's your sorry for the, the, uh, the little whiz break. I do not have a uranium of steel. A uranium. A uranium. <laughs> a radioactive. Dangerous Ura- chemical. Yeah. <laughs> Urethra. Urethra. Excuse Ura- me. Um, <laughs> What's your favorite company in the world? I don't know. I don't have a favorite company. What's your second favorite company? <laughs> I don't have one. What's one of your favorite companies? 
organizations, um, conglomerates, capitalistic enterprises. I, I don't know. That's not really something that I ever think about. So well, I don't, let's visit that now. Do you think there's an any utility in <laughs> capitalism, in business, in larger organizations whose goal is kind of just the pursuit of material gain? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some benefit. I think it's probably better than socialism and communism. On a, on a grand scale? On a grand scale. Because those two aforementioned ideologies don't work in execution? They haven't, no. They end in execution. A little bit of wordplay brought to you by Snuggly Dragon Entertainment. <laughs> yeah. I don't if know, I'm going to guess really... your favorite company, I'm going to say it's... What do you like buy from the most? I don't know. What makes your like earthy toned, kind of worn looking <laughs> clothes? <laughs> do you just grab those from different places? Thrift stores. That is a good question. I don't know what your favorite company would be. I don't have a favorite company. Maybe I don't think I need to. <laughs> well, you necessarily, by definition, have to have a favorite company. Because there's that's a true. set of companies. That Why was on a spectrum with regards to how you feel about them. And all the way on the right is one that you kind of objectively feel the most positive emotions towards. And it's probably some sort of movie production company. Like whatever made um, New Line Cinema, made Lord of the Rings. So that's probably your favorite Not company. Not my favorite company. That's actually my, <laughs> my least favorite company. You cannot parameterize I just don't, me. I don't want you to... Uh, put me in a box. Put me, don't put <laughs> All right, um, fair. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I guess if I if I had to pick, maybe I like on it the company. Ooh, okay. It's a cool company. I just like their whole human philosophy. optimization company. Yeah, they just make kind of cool supplements and fitness gear and also in at their Austin, home. Texas, right? Yeah, Austin, Texas. We gotta hit that up. That would be such a cool place to walk through. Yeah, man. They just have like a sweet gym. I think in their have office. You seen the video, like the the videos tour, taking you through that facility, dude. No, I actually haven't. Oh my god, no. we'll watch that as soon as we're done, yeah. dude. Just their layout, and it's like the kind of new agey, crossfitty, like real raw, natural movement kind of based yeah. exercise instead of kind of your excuse me, classical weight training, yeah. Olympic lift stuff. And they have that; it's very important. But they also have just like movement studios and like jungle bars and like and just all kind of fun alternative movement style training which i'm just such a big fan of yeah it sounds like a pretty fun place to work yeah good ethos let's hit on it when we do our 50 states tour Ooh. Ooh. let's do it little teaser for you what folks. what is your favorite company snuggly dragon entertainment after that Favorite conglomerate? You know, getting that question flipped on you. Yeah, I mean, it's like kind of a weird question. question, I guess... CVS. K-12? That's not a company. It's a not-for-profit organization? So mine has to be for-profit? Sure. Hanes. Chubbies? Is it? Raising Canes is great. Um, I said Hanes. Like the, oh, Hanes underwear. The, uh, yeah. What makes my favorite <laughs> food? 
like Felipe's in New Orleans. It's a really great company. It's just kind of a weird, weird uh, favorite thing to have. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite material? Charged cotton? It's textile? Um, Or just... Just any... Okay, how about this? What's your favorite type of wood? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm qualified enough to have an opinion on it, but... In the future, when you are... um, When your followers are building a statue of you, what material do you want your statue to be built out of? Um, I do want to be erected as a statue one day. (laughs) Maybe it could be a visual metaphor of, or just an actual illustration three-dimensionally of me fighting a panther. That that we're both gonna kill each other. Okay, That'd be that cool was gonna be one. my next question. What what pose? <laughs> what pose? But you it's definitely a trident and how, a bicep involved. What percentage erection <laughs> do, do you want to have in this statue? One hundred and twenty-five, <laughs> similar to wow. the one I have currently. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, come on, it'd be great that dude. There's a bronze statue of Shaq. Dunking of, of shattering a basketball goal at L- Louisiana oh. State University outside the PMAC. That is It's delightful. a bronze recreation of him destroying the glass and rim off of a basketball hoop. Oh, that's kind of cool. Man. I've seen, dude, I've seen some beautiful statues. Um, we went to Italy in 2005, six. And I, dude, oh, yes, yeah, up. Looking at a, a photo montage of because Rye guy over here, um, first of all, shout out to the gardeners housing me after Hurricane Katrina. Ryan's like exactly my oldest friend. Let me borrow his crib when I was six months old, and we just hit it off ever since. Anyway, Ryan, there's the statue of Laertes. Do you know who Laertes is? I don't. <laughs> he he's the the guy who warned. The Trojans not to take the Trojan horse. Oh, okay. They they mm-hmm. have this decade long siege. You know the Greeks are just hammering on the beach of Troy, not making any ground. Finally, they listen to Odysseus and decide to use their brains, uh-huh. and they build this decoy horse. Everyone knows this story, and they hide a couple soldiers in it so that when the Trojans come, as they do. They think it's an offering to Athena or, or Poseidon or something. I think it's Poseidon because Poseidon invented horses out of the waves of water. Kind of sick. L- Everyone's like, oh, deal, let's take this in. Except for Mr. Laertes, who had like two sons, I want to say. And Jeff Laertes. <laughs> Rodrigo D. Laertes. <laughs> he rolls up and he's like, no way, I'm a priest. We're not doing this. Takes a, a, a spear and... He throws it into the, the horse. Just, he's like, no, fuck this. <laughs> King Priam, I want to say, overrules him. I think hubris kind of makes its way. Ego, he wants this, like, gift to, like, because I win. Um, and, but, bef- no, you know what it is? Is before Laertes can get his full convincing out into the, to the dialogue, two fucking dragon serpents come from the sea what? and kill him. And there's this statue in some sort of garden in 
maybe it's the Vatican or somewhere in Rome, I want to say, of like him astride these two like dragons. He's got like a, a trident, the trident spear that he like used. He's like holding it up, brandishing it, like his biceps kind of like full flex. He's getting mauled by these two dragons. It's super cool. Made out of granite, marble, some sort of fun ancient Roman. Dude, it's a badass statue. So I'm thinking some feat of just just irrefutable athleticism (laughs) carved in obsidian or... Or polyester? No, I don't know. Some some rock Carved that's out of polyamory. <laughs> Uranium. That would be something. Just a radioactive statue. You haven't seen Black Panther yet, have you? No. Oh man, you gotta see it. Um, but just some no, some, yeah, maybe like an obsidian. That would be fucking sexy. Huh. Obsidian's nice. Dude, that's kind some of the great black statues. Kind of shiny one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't think it's a bit um, kind of dangerous to to worship me immortals? Um, worship is a charged word. Like, like, does Shaq deserve to have a statue? I love Shaq, by the way. I think he's you great. You can't not love Shaq. But he's like, one of the greatest celebrities out do there. Do you think maybe now his view of himself is a little bit conflated? Like... Like, he's a big dude who could throw a ball down very, very strong. Yeah, he's... <laughs> a very powerful man. You can make the argument that he's certainly not the most... Not the best basketball, like, skills player. He's kind of just a freak that was so big that he got attention from an early age, and then his kind of game was developed. But, I mean, look at the guy shoot the basketball. It's no good. Right. I mean, he's one of the dopest post players of, of, of AT, I guess. No but, doubt. But... I don't know. I guess certain people in society need to be elevated just necessarily. Like we need people to look up to and whatnot. Should we worship him for his athletic ability? I don't know if we worship him, but I think – I mean LSU building that statue has kind of just created a fun atmosphere around it and glorified and gave thanks to someone who did them a lot of service. I don't think people should be sacrificing, you know, baby goats to the little shack. <laughs> I disagree. Or me or anything like that. But, I think they should be. I mean, no, I think Shaq is a net positive, and I think he deserves his statue. Okay. He's, and he's done so much good. I respect that. And, like, once you get elevated to that, of course you're going to have, you know, your demons of, like, all these people love me. But... If we didn't elevate people and reward them for success, we'd have a pretty weird society, right? Yeah, that's a good point. How about this? If you if you had to build a statue of anybody, either dead or alive, right now, who would it be? Who doesn't currently have a statue? Hmm... Great question. At what point in 2018 do you deserve a statue? Because that's kind of reserved for for the physical 
people of yore, right? I mean, like Shaq and, and sports <laughs> heroes and warriors on battlefield and generals and stuff. Instagram so it's interesting. Heroes. Yeah, like, like the hottest YouTube Instagram groups. babe. Like, I think if you hit, if you hit 20,000 likes on your Instagram photos, you deserve a statue. I think, I mean, you know this, Russell Brand is one of my favorite just personalities, but, but does he get a statue? No. I feel like what gets you a 2018 statue? I feel like, I mean, I've seen some crazy cool, like, monks in South Korea, like, giant concrete statues, I guess it would mm. be. So, like, what modern figures? Yeah, it seems to have a historical flavor to it. It's a good question, Ryan. I don't know if I can answer that. I love Russell Brand. I love Jordan B. Peterson. I love you. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have an answer for that? I don't. Maybe I don't. Like, I would build something funny. Like Trump? I would be a necessarily funny statue. Just Trump taking a shit. <laughs> Just a statue of that. Just on the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you let's, have not, Trump? let's not go there. You don't want to go into Trump? What were you going to ask? Because I, I, I really don't know anything about the man. I just hear him and I kind of recoil a little bit. Yeah. Do you have any Trump wisdom or Trump funny, fun known facts or like um, intel? <laughs> well, a funny little fact about him is <clears throat> his former reality show, The Apprentice. Um, my dad was had a cameo in the first season of it, which is kind of funny. They, I guess they filmed an episode of my dad's office building. My dad was a judge for one of the, for one of the contests in the show. So he had a line, which is, I guess forever kind of seals his, uh, glory. I guess, well, yeah, glory in his mind, but his connection to the, the current president of the United States. But other than that, I tried to, to kind of avoid the news. I mean, Dude, my entire... so me too. My f- hashtag the four me month too. Tr- hashtag <laughs> sponsored. Um, so I just went on a four-month trip that we just discussed, South America, and I didn't look at the news once. Not once. And I, I'm not... That's not even me bragging. That's probably just like a silly move. But, um... So I was in the Amazon at one point doing a tour or a trek, and my the boat operator in the amazon like on the amazon river informed me that trump had had bombed syria like this indigenous guy who just lives in the amazon and operates a boat he knew more about the world at that point than i did that was just kind of funny but otherwise i just yeah i mean my initial reaction to him is i just don't really care for the guy trump he's a buffoon he's just kind of like a egotistical buffoon but bozo but a lot of people in this country like him so it just seems like i don't know we elected the person with the best ratings to be our reality show president and it's like america's and i cannot speak with authority about like geopolitics but like (laughs) america's we can't what can we speak with authority on Experience, travel, yeah, sexuality, oh yeah, um, d- 
druggy. Kind of, yeah. Um, sports, camp, philosophy. I mean, we can question with the best of them. Totally. Um, Lord of the Rings. Ocean's Ooh. 11, 12, and 13. <laughs> um, I don't know. America's relationship with mass media, to me, is so wacky and so clickbaity. And there's just so much info that's trying to be jammed into these weird media that I just don't – I don't see any reality really in there. I see kind of a bunch of bias and a bunch of capitalistic kind of corporate involvement and tainting and look over here and smoking mirrors and mm-hmm. I'm just not getting a lot of – it's all sizzle, no steak. We'll say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to... Because, again, I'm, I'm like, you, man. It's like the news? The news? I don't watch the news. Does that make me a bad citizen? I guess. But I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of being an American citizen these days. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, gosh darn it, am I thankful for all the opportunities afforded me, but... I don't know. I guess moving around the world... Getting an outsider's perspective on it, and just seeing how everyone else looks at us, just not necessarily the most positive brand. Mm-mm. I don't know. It's my two cents. Um, did you? We got a couple more items I wanted to hit before we wrap up. Did you want to jump into some kind of uh, real crazy trips? That you had in South America? Maybe, of the mind? Maybe next episode. Next episode? Well, that's, then let's, that's maybe an entire episode. True. In itself. Let's pivot then to Drake's album. And most specifically, <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on how one of our favorite musicians has a son. Wow. How does that affect the way you relate to his music? And, or does it? It. I would say doesn't affect the way I relate to his music, okay. but I'm wondering if his if his brand and his kind of ethos I don't know if that's the correct word to use is going to change like maybe he's going to try to pivot to I'm a good guy like I'm a I'm a family One of the man lines now. In his, as luck would have it I'm settling into my role as the good guy I guess yeah. luck is on your side. Because, right, because he's been like this kind of playboy, you know, millionaire kind of dude for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't Hitting know. I, the next, arguably one of the biggest stages of your life, like what we were talking about before, like getting older. Yeah. Passing on some genome. I think it'll just be an interesting thing to watch. How's it'll he going to be a good dad and a good rapper? I don't think... That that's possible. How's he going to be a business mogul, an exciting like NBA owner guy? Like he's going to necessarily have to transition from his <clears throat> kind of mobile lifestyle, at least for the time being. I mean, you can't because kids just need attention and love. And maybe right. Drake's most important kind of influence that he has over his son isn't going to take place during the first two years. I mean, I don't know dick about child rearing but I want to say when you have a baby the first two years it's kind of like 
they eat, sleep, poop. You make sure they're safe, but there's not a lot of... I think... I don't know if that's not true. two years. First year. Let's say one year. Okay. There's just... It's kind of like this little lump of, of yeah. raw life that that needs hey yes and touch it just seems a more maternally dominated role and the role of the father probably transpires a few years later into the development so i think like the first 4 years are when like when you're like the most development occurs mm-hmm. and like when you gotta when, be when like attachment issues could could come about mm-hmm. and like the most like attention is is the most important thing, I think, at that point. I'll give you um, I'll give you that. From everything anyway. I've heard about child psychology, it sounds like if they're not socialized, how to like behave well mm-hmm. by age four, they're in for some trouble. You have to learn how to play with others in a way that makes you want to be played with again by age four. Drake, man, you got to be a good dad. I, I wish he hadn't had this kid, man. I was so excited for his career. Why why do you think that you're affected so much by it? Dude, this is a guy's voice I hear five times a day, every day for the past yeah. decade. This yeah. is a monumentally... So you're, you're worried that maybe he'll just stop making music? Or that, or that the music that he's been making that you really like... The flavor will change to a flavor that you don't like as much. I think I'm worried about the first one more. Because I think, Drake, to your point a couple days ago, rappers, they start with their life experience, then they kind of make it to some plateau, and they kind of have no more juice to utilize. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. Drake has done an excellent job of maintaining this kind of struggle with his life and kind of... What his essence and his vulnerability, and he hasn't really hit. He'll have his pop tunes, you know, his bangers, but there's a place for that. I still love those. Yeah, but he's still got his his music that makes you feel something. It doesn't just sound like the perfect melody and sound. It's like lyrically, which is why I thought it was so funny when people were like, "Oh, Drake has Ghost Riders." It's like there's there are just so many lines and so many of his songs that no one else could have written but him. It's like. About his life specifically. That's all another thing. But I guess I'm just... I was so excited to see how he transitioned into his later 30s. I mean, you can't just be rapping about youth culture, which kind of seems to be the standard for rap these days forever, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of got to take the Jay-Z route and start to be a business mogul and lay down the torch Maybe do more R and B. I love I was him just as a say singer, that. and I was going to say I think he's I could still take him seriously as an R and B guy. Yeah, like he could slip into more R and B heavy music, mm-hmm. and that I feel like people age pretty well with that. Certainly, like there are plenty of pretty old artists that are still killing it as singers, R and B singers. You know, he had a great, and you can be very. I guess you can be more familial if you want to be. In that genre, a little, little bit more. melodic, and yeah, he had a great interview a couple years ago where she's like, "What do you like more, rapping or singing?" And he's like, "I love singing; it's great, but the feeling of nailing a rap verse, mm-hmm. like cutting it off with the perfect exclamation point, 
he just said there's just nothing like it, which I thought was so yeah. cool. But yeah, how long can you maintain that? I don't know. Rap is so interesting, man. It's for me, it's it's so clearly like a different type of enjoyment when I listen to it, like good rap versus good other music, like rock or something like that. Like it's for me, it feels like like I can feel like it's like e- it's like a lot of ego. So it's really fun to listen to when you're working out because yes. you're like it's like you're kind of primal instincts are like pumping in i don't know so i don't know where i was going with that but i think drake will probably it seems like he's locked into toronto he'll probably be heavily involved with the raptors because why the heck wouldn't you be i mean he already is but i wonder if he'll like (sighs) how much money does he have he can probably buy an nba team maybe be like I mean, dude, he's just still got. I think like, that's a whole nother level of rich. Yeah, I mean, Drake, I don't. Dude. He's rich, man, but like Jay Z even had to. I think Jay Z has a lot more money, and he even had to be like very, you know, a small owner. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't buy a franchise by himself. He'd be like a, a minority owner. He probably could, of the Brooklyn but that's Nets. Probably not the smartest business move. You want to be diversified. And- True. I dude, I want to say Drake is well on his way to becoming one of the richest guys in North America. Like you think so, dude? Just his touring, and I mean, he just had a billion streams in his first yeah. week of an opening album. He's like breaking records. He's a household name. Like I don't know who else. Like he's producing stuff. Like his his money is making money long since. Yeah. So like he's gonna have a very interesting career in the next couple decades which is exciting um definitely uh favorite song on the new album oh you don't even know the, the, the second the second one <laughs> I, I i to be honest i haven't listened to it non-stop that much. non-stop and it's, i think i'm right there with you it's fun i love ratchet happy birthday nice for what is still oh what a jam dude really good there's something about nice for what i don't care how many times i hear it i know it's popped off on the radio yeah that just starts it's fun. vibrating my very molecules. Yeah. And and I really have this like emotional response to it that just necessitates movement and dance for me. I <laughs> I've thank you, Drake, for all you do for me. You <laughs> oh man. Um Lord of the Rings analysis, is there any Cause we don't have a lot of time for that. But let's like, get into that next episode. Okay, next episode, Lord of the Rings analysis. We had a real fantastic conversation last night, and I wonder if we can Ooh. comment about the barometer, the checks and balances <clears throat> system, if you will, to make sure that you're maintaining a proper existence. My hypothesis so far was eliciting a ninety to ten percent split of positive to negative emotional reactions from other members of your species. So like for the most part, if you get a good response out of humans for most of the day, then that's the best way so far that I can, I can imagine you, you can grade yourself on your existence. Do you have any further thoughts on that or any counter-arguments? Or- I would just – I can't really think of a good barometer or answer that question. But I would just caution that if your, if your goal is just to seek positive reactions from people, 
90, maybe 10. there could be an element of of people pleasing that enters. True. Um, that's my only kind of Word instinctual of thought. The wise, because no, I think sometimes if you're being a momentous figure, you're gonna make people cry. Like you're gonna tell people, look, you're screwing up. Get a freaking grip. Like and that's enough the 10%. of this. And that's probably the negative ten. But otherwise, it's like, I mean, if you're walking around and people are huh, kind of giving you fake smiles yeah. and, and whatnot, that's a bad, that's not a good right, place to be. Right. I guess you want to... That's a good, no, I, I like that. That's a good... Maybe it's even 80-20 or I don't know, but it's mostly... Place to start. And look, look, let's write the rough draft. How do, you, how do you grade the navigation of your existence in the context of, of good and bad? Yeah. Rough draft saying most of the time... When you have interactions with members of your same species, and I would like to add that to members of other species, but for now, let's just settle on mm. a universal. Um, you should, for the most part, leave an exchange with another individual having a positive emotional reaction. Having been yeah, listened, I think which that's could a pretty a laugh, a smile, mm-hmm. a hug. Uh, a grateful sigh. I mean, come on. You know what a positive yeah. interaction yeah. is. Um, okay. I think that's a pretty good kind of thing to shoot for. We'll start there. And Let's, we'll, we'll yeah. collect some data and keep going yeah. with it. Um, and then the last thing I had is why are bagels up here so good? <laughs> do y'all even do bagels anywhere else? We do bagels in New Orleans, but like... Isn't it just a thing that happens here that doesn't happen most other places? So y'all... So I... F- what was explained to me was the water. There's something special about the water that we use. It sounds like bullshit. Like water bagels. Is <laughs> I think that's the thing. I don't know. Um, I think they're just softer and so delicious. Just the way they're made is just a little bit more masterful. And just more of a swath of cream cheeses. And there just seems to be, dude, the bagels in the tri-state area are just tremendous. <sighs> Off the chain. Um, okay, in closing then, how can we make the world a better place? Start with yourself, let's say. Just try to kind of, I guess you could say, just crack yourself open and just see what's inside. Great verb, too, because it's not necessarily going to be a pleasant... It, in fact, will not be pleasant. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, but I think if you are able to kind of, you know, undertake the the adventure of just, you know, hunting for your shadow, I guess you could say, and just kind of figuring out everything or as a lot of things negative about yourself and just learn as much about yourself, then maybe you can then kind of not be controlled by subconscious impulses and instead be you can retool yourself or remake yourself into the person that you want to be and shoot for things consciously instead of unconsciously um, and make yourself fit for service to be, I don't know, just to be happy and to your point, just make people smile, I guess. I love that, man. The, like, divinity of the individual, like, Western civilization's, like, greatest invention and discovery is like 
Yeah, start with yourself. I'm so there. Yeah. I think, yeah, you could boil it down to that. I love that, man. Um, I'm going to say, I don't have anything nearly as cool as that. Uh, I'm going to say, get some sleep, folks. <laughs> There's a, a culture, an obsession with, like, work through the night, no sleep, sleep when you're dead, that I just don't know if it's the best way to live life. I think a well-rested person, ironically, will have more time, more hours of productivity, and more years of life. So, like, it's kind of playing the long con. Maybe short-term, yeah, like, you can kick a whole bunch more ass with, like, caffeine and no sleep, but it's like, I don't know. You got to think the long game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say, people, get those Z's, count those sheep. All right, love that, ladies, gentlemen, everything in between. 2018. You're gonna be hearing a lot more of this guy's voice, uh, the blonde guy over there, um, taking him on a journey this podcast season through camp, trying to co-interview with him for the next couple episodes. So get used to that relaxed kind of throaty soothing voice uh right guy you're my you're my oldest friend you're my brother i love you so much love every you too, moment bro. around you makes me a better person so you're stuck with me and love thanks that. for coming on thank you brother much love see you later everybody